the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I'm Tom Moeller, and this is Colorado Issues, and my guest is Joe Lovett, who is with Veterans Passport to Hope. Joe, thank you for coming to be with us. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate you having us on the air today. Uh, Obviously, we're talking about veterans. Tell us uh, what Veterans Passport to Hope is, just to kind of position where you're coming from and who you are. Sure. Uh, Veterans Passport to Hope is a local Denver-based 501c3 charity. We support veteran-based organizations that have a major functioning arm in Colorado that provide direct services to veterans. So we ourselves don't necessarily provide direct services. We have three main mission areas, the fundraising piece where we're going to raise money and award that to uh, eligible organizations through our formalized grant process. We have an awareness piece where we'll do a number of functions throughout the year, possibly symposiums, educational um, meet and greets and things like that, uh, just to expand the reach of the organization as a whole. And the last piece of it is the cooperation piece. So if we are a like-minded and like-situated nonprofit, for instance, we do service dogs, you and I, uh, we'd encourage those two organizations to get together, get a cup of coffee, explain how they do their operating budgets and things like that, and possibly join up, right? Reduce their overhead, increase their outreach, and see if we can't maybe navigate that space in Denver a little bit more efficiently. So, in all, those, all as related to veterans. As all related to veterans. Yeah. That's correct. Mm-hmm. So, um, what's interesting though is, I think there's a persona out there that there's a number of nonprofits. They're kind of, you know, fly-by-night nonprofits. And so there was a real need for a clearinghouse and a vetting organization that would say, these are legit, these are not. Mm. And we strive to be that clearinghouse. So through that formalized grant process and the criteria we're evaluating those uh, organizations on, we want to make sure that if you donate a dollar, as much of that dollar gets to the veteran as possible. Right. So uh, we take that stewardship very, very seriously. And that's been a big, big uh, piece of what we think we're bringing to the community. So, you know, that if I want to give to a veteran, but I don't know necessarily how or to who directly, you can always give it to us and we will make sure that it gets to the organization mm-hmm. as efficiently as possible. That's really a great service because we all get phone calls from people saying we're such and such and we're eating veterans and can I put you down for $50? Right. Say, well, wait a minute now. I, you know, I don't know, you know, who you are and what you are. Sure, sure. Uh, so you are the, the ones that, uh, that vet that kind yeah, of thing. We, we definitely try to be. And, and it's all part of that, uh, annual grant process we go through where when we're receiving applications, we're looking at everything from how many volunteers they have, how many paid staff they have, uh, how many contractors they're working with. We want a bottom line efficiency uh, of uh, 65% or higher. So if you give a dollar, 65 cents at a minimum, mm-hmm. at a minimum has to go to the veteran, mm-hmm. um, which 
that number fluctuates. And believe it or not, a number of the organizations we give to are in that 85% or higher, hmm. right? So that 65 is really the low-level mark. But we look for organizations in the 80s and 90s. And, and that's a, another thing that uh, I think that can be instructive to us on this thing. We get – we hear all the time – you know, only X percentage goes to where it's supposed to go. Correct. Uh, the rest goes to administration. And I've never been clear. I've, I've done interviews where, sure. you know, 90%, 95%, like you say, 85%, uh, organizations where they document 85, 90, 95%, uh, goes to where you think it's going and the rest for the administration. There are administrative costs. We all know that. Correct. But what uh, so the standard uh, that that just somebody should be looking at, whether it's with veterans or any other organization, uh, should be like you say the the lowest would be sixty five percent, and that's that's borderline there. Yeah, that that's actually a great little commentary on it, and it's not really a hard and fast rule, right? It's what mm-hmm. you feel comfortable with, and yeah. we know that. People work really hard for their money. And when they give to an organization out of the kindness of their own heart, you want that to be as impactful as possible. So that 65% was just something we were seeing. There's organizations out there that tout to be the best for military veterans that range between 10 and 20% efficient. Mm-hmm. Extremely large overheads. Mm-hmm. Uh, a number of the dollars earned go to T-shirts and bumper stickers as opposed to stuff that actually helps, mm-hmm. right? But um, what people should know is that all nonprofits have to be transparent, right? That's part of the 501c3 taxing code, if you will, right? Um, the 990 tax forms show where every dollar goes. And so if ever you have a, a question about an organization, ask to see their 990. Hmm. And if they're hesitant to give it to you, that's probably a red flag. Ah, yeah. Okay. So ask to see the 990 and, that's and right. you can see it. I'm speaking uh, with Joe Lovett uh, with the Veterans Passport to Hope. And since you are uh, raising money at a gala coming up, that's right. Uh, for just exactly what you're talking about, yeah. Um, give us information on how to get a hold of Veterans Passport to Hope, and also information about that gala, February 22nd. We'll do this at the beginning of the interview, yeah, and then we'll great. come back and talk about it again. Yeah, thank you so much. In, in fact, we're really excited because we just launched our new website, and so everything looks nice now. Uh, VP2H.org. VP2H.org is a website, and you can also write it out longhand, uh, veteranspassporttohope.org. Uh, long story short, we're going to have a gala. We have one every year. This year is going to be absolutely tremendous. We have a new venue uh, on 2-22-2018 from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. at the Cable Center in Denver. Uh, we'll be hosting a night of um, just an amazing dedication to our veterans, our service people. Um, the Sailor Jerry's is a rum uh, company that's mm-hmm. going to do the the drink and beverage sponsorship. We have a number of food pairing tables to pair the food with uh, signature cocktails from Sailor Jerry's. Breckenridge Brewery is providing uh, 
beer for the event. So all the food and beverage is included. There's uh, some tremendous silent auction items, live auction items. And typically this single night for us as an organization ranges, uh, I'm sorry, raises anywhere between two hundred and $350,000 of revenue. It's a substantial piece of our annual operating budget every year. Um, and it's just such a cool event where you get to meet and greet some people that have um, been dragged through hell and back, mm-hmm. and they're still on the on the right side of the earth to tell their story. Um, and there, and there's also some people that have never served, have never had one day in uniform, but they just feel that calling. Mm. Um, perhaps they've been blessed in their in their personal lives or professional lives, and they want to give back. So it's a really cool meeting of people who. Uh, kind of think and feel the same way about our, our U.S. military. Um, so tickets are on sale through the website. There's also a number of sponsorships available. Uh, we're currently looking for sponsors in all levels. So all the details are up on the on the website, and if you just click events and then you go to the 2018 gala, it's pretty self-explanatory. And the cool part is when you buy your ticket online, it links to Handbid, so you automatically get your auction number and it links to your phone. So even if you can't attend, you can bid on items ah. from home. Um, and lastly, if you can't attend but you want to sponsor a veteran to attend, we do have some discounted tickets where you can sponsor a veteran. And if you yourself are a veteran, those discounted tickets are available as well for you and your spouse. Uh, give me uh, – now, you've been in business since, what, 2012? 2012, that's right. 2012. Yep. Give me some of the uh, organizations that uh, that you benefit. Sure. So starting in 2012, uh, when – this thing kicked off in New York uh, through our founder, Shane. Um, he saw a real need there to not only give financially, but um, organize it in such a manner that it could continue to grow and mm-hmm. operate and be self-sustaining. And so he laid the foundation back in 2012 th- uh, through his first formal gala at the Met in New York and raised a tremendous amount of money. Then as uh, we went on and he developed a board of directors, I was invited and a number of people who um, are still on the board uh, were asked to join. We started looking at our processes and we wanted to get this thing dialed in. And so part of that was how are we going to give the money? How do we make sure it's as efficient as possible? And all those things I outlined earlier about the grant process. Um, and so we asked agencies – or I'm sorry, we asked – organizations to apply through a almost like a one page right and that page is now like seven pages uh-huh. you know as, as we've grown and asked for more information but um, in the last year we gave a uh, hundred thousand dollars and we gave that to to multiple um, 501c3s in Colorado that support veterans directly and have a major operating arm in in Colorado so project sanctuary is one of my one of my faves Um it's just tremendous what they do. They sponsor uh, families to go on a several-day retreat, typically up in the mountains, whether it's up in Grand County, where they're headquartered out of, uh-huh. um, or they've grown and they now have some satellites uh, throughout the country. They take military families and they have an intensive therapeutic session with some clinically licensed psychologists and therapists to discuss kind of that reintegration into the family, transitional pieces that they might be dealing with PTSD or substance abuse that are now having a domino effect and that generational effect on their families. Um, And through this initial two-week intensive uh, outreach, 
they are then monitored for a period of the next two years as a family. And that uh, monitoring obviously costs money, right? And mm-hmm. so we've given them money to help sponsor some of the families and continue to do the therapeutic work in their in their retreats and things like that. What's cool about them is military, uh, law enforcement, other service-related um, type of occupations have a very high divorce rate. Mm-hmm. They're, they're boasting a 95% success rate mm. in their marriages. The families that go through Project Sanctuary stay together. Mm. And that that's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, and this is a this is an outfit that you are helping channel funds to. Correct. Several mm-hmm. years we've given in excess of twenty to twenty five thousand mm-hmm. uh, dollars to that organization. Great. Um, and it's just again one of my personal favorites. Yeah. You know, and uh-huh. and lucky for us we can play favorites, right? So, um, <laughs> it's one of the good ones. Vail Veterans uh, Program is another one. It's Vail Veterans Foundation. And their program strives to take disabled veterans and get them back on the mountain, get them active. And I think there's something about, um, you know, being an amputee, losing a leg, being sidelined, whether you're an athlete or military, where you're put in the rear of the tracks and you're trying to get back in the game, get back in the fight. And so by giving people the ability to do something that they had done prior to injury, you're re-empowering them. And uh, we've had some amazing success stories come out of the Vail Veterans uh, Foundation program, uh, getting them back on the mountain, getting them active again. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of re- rekindles that fire and that spirit of what makes us who we are, yeah. especially if you're a military person who is used to uh, competition mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah. uh, pushing yourself. So yeah. That's huge. Um Colorado, I don't know if you know this, we're, we're lucky enough to have VFW Post 1. The first VFW post in the country I did not is right that. off of Ninth and Santa Fe wow. in, in the Arts District. Uh-huh. Um, they have some very cool programs, and it's this revampment of, uh, I'd call it the millennial VFW post, right? Mm-hmm. Um, doing some cool stuff with art and pottery and clay, and um, they have a project ran by a guy named Kurt Bean called The Art of War. And through the use of artistic mediums, he helps people deal with their PTSD-related issues and things like that. And what it is is more a healthy outlet than maybe just sitting around drinking beer with mm-hmm. the with the guys talking sure. war stories, right? Sure. Which there's a place for that, no doubt. But this is also one of those, how about redirecting that energy into something a little bit more creative and useful? Um, there are a number of organizations we support that provide service animals. Um, that use equine therapy and horses. And it's something that I have heard from the people who participate, absolutely life-changing. Yeah. It's the first time since Vietnam that they've slept mm. through the night. It's the first time since the war that they feel connected to another being on this earth, whether that's human or animal. And for some of these service animals, that's their eyes and ears. That's the... um Xanax, that's the Valium. That's what takes away their anxiety. Mm. And without that, they're a trembling hot mess of, you know, stewing and boiling emotions. And yeah. so if a few dollars here helps somebody have that and it's not addictive and it's not narcotic and it's not mind-numbing, now we're, now we're having some real impact on our community. And I think that's, that's tremendous. Um, we've supported the Patriot Anglers Corporation. Um, they're an outfit that takes people on guided fishing expeditions uh, that are that are military. But they'll bring the family and they'll bring the kids, and it's a real, like, wholesome family event. In the wintertime, they'll take people up to um, 
what is it? Uh, is it Welby right outside of uh, yeah. Bailey? Uh, right. It's a private, yeah, private okay. lake, uh-huh. and, and it's all frozen over. And they got they got the drills to go into the ice, and they got all the equipment. Huh. Well, lines break, and bait gets eaten, and mm-hmm. there's an ongoing cost there. So we've tried to do our best to support them because again, the feedback we get from the people who participate is so tremendous that organizations like that need financial support oh. boy this is uh this is tremendous speaking with joe lovett uh who is with uh veterans passport to hope and speaking of uh veterans amputees and so forth uh tell us about uh tony Dries, your executive director yeah tony Dries is the embodiment of warrior spirit. He's a personal hero of mine, and I just feel so blessed to be able to work with him and and have him around. Um, it, it's very difficult uh, right now. He has endured 68 surgeries hmm. on his legs. Uh, in 1991, a Scud missile attacked U.S. troops in Saudi Arabia. I believe it killed 27 or 28 uh, U.S. soldiers. Tony lived through that. Um, but the wound itself left uh, tremendous tissue damage on the back of his legs, uh, had caused cancer within the most recent couple years. And all along, Tony was denied VA health care twice, hmm. right? Yeah. And that's how hard it is to navigate some of the bureaucracy that is VA medicine. Yeah. Um, at the same time, he endured. He continued to um, fight to keep his legs. He continued to fight. Uh, to stay fit and stay healthy through all of this. But make no mistake about it, he went through the gamut of alcoholism, abusive relationships, uh, divorce, all the way back to square one, where he's now a very sober, happy, healthy individual with his service dog, Diva, right? And one day he, he approached me and he said, got a question for you. What do you think about an organization that acts kind of like as a clearinghouse or a vetting organization for other military organizations. This is why he's getting his master's in organizational leadership and change. And um, I said, well, Tony, that's kind of what I do, right? And he's like, all right, mission accomplished. And he moved on, huh. only to find a, a seat at the table two years after that conversation. Uh-huh. Um, and so we've watched him deal with this injury and this, this signature wound of a war that's mostly forgotten, sadly, right? Yeah. And... Just recently, he was told you're going to have to lose the leg. And so all this work he's putting into the gala for February 22nd, all the organization he's compiling, all the hard work on the new website and everything else, he's going to have to take a big time out. And that leg is scheduled for amputation on Monday, uh, coming up here at the end of January. So he's flying out tomorrow to San Antonio to the VA hospital down there, and he's going to have another long road ahead of him. Yeah. And so number 69, this surgery. 68 him, surgeries. and he's, Number 69, they're going to take the leg. And I asked yeah. him last night on the phone, I said, knowing that, would you do anything different? He said, not a thing, hmm. not one thing. And I mean, just to know that, to hear those words and to understand that, man, all the way through that, and he's still okay with everything. It, it, I think that's phenomenal. Yeah, it really is. So, therefore, he's going to miss the gala? He He's going to miss the gala. Oh, uh, my. Lucky for us, the cable center is extremely well-wired for uh-huh. modern technology, so hopefully we can Skype him in at some point because uh-huh. uh, there's a lot of people 
he would like to personally thank, and we'll wow. do our best to make sure that happens. But at the same time, that's why it's all that much more important that we get the word out today and, and try to find some title sponsors, try to find some people that can come out and support us because uh, I don't want his hard work to be in vain yeah. because he got an injury in the fourth quarter, oh. right? And he, he gets pulled out of the game. Now, you'd also mentioned Shane, who is the founder. Tell us uh, his story. Yeah, Shane uh, graduated from the West Point Academy. Uh, so he's an army guy and he, he's amazingly attractive. The man has a chiseled jaw, broad <laughs> shoulders, you know. He's, I don't think he has to work out, but he maintains, you know, a very low level body fat. You know, he's just, uh, he's, he's a po- got the looks. Yeah, he, he's the poster boy for the U.S. Army. Yeah. And so of course he's got to fly Blackhawks, right? And so he was a Blackhawk helicopter pilot and he had multiple combat tours and he came home and moved to New York and saw that our guys who wrote a blank check up to and including their lives were being dissed left and right. And he just didn't sit well with him. Mm -hmm. And that was his calling. That's the spark. That was the catalyst for him looking around saying, what are we doing here? Why is this, why is this happened generation after generation where guys come home from war and they're neglected? Mm -hmm. I should say guys and gals. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many, uh, talented, amazing female warriors out there who are dealing with their own set of issues that we're starting to address. So why do we have to keep reliving these mistakes? Shane's just done with it. He was done hearing the horror stories of navigating VA healthcare and saying, if there's a private entity out there doing it, why can't we send them over there, mm-hmm. right? If it's a matter of funding, let's get them some funding. If it's a matter of you two organizations cooperating, let's cooperate. If people aren't even aware of this, let's create some awareness, and so it was just one of those no-brainer ideas that was in front of his face, and he made it formalized. And you, your your story. What's uh, now? You were you're a veteran also. I am. Uh-huh. I, my family always jokes I had this Forrest Gump-like existence. I, I'm just a <laughs> functional idiot, right? So, a couple things. One, I went to see you Boulder for two days. It was a really good two days, right? And then uh, I woke up in the Navy. Like, what the heck did I just do? I never thought for one second I'd be on a boat. Uh-huh. Didn't even cross my mind. That's how stupid I am, right? And so I, I find myself in the Navy wondering what it, what's going to happen here. But lucky for me, uh, my parents invested early in my education, believe it or not, uh-huh. and I did very well on the ASVAB and those tests. And so I, uh, I became an Aegis fire controlman, which meant that uh, we started fires. We didn't put them out. I dealt with a multi-peripheral weapon system that is making headlines even today uh, with the nuclear missile threat out of North Korea, right? So this is, this is our theater ballistic missile defense package. And so I primarily worked on a missile system uh-huh. at sea. And then I was very, very lucky later in my career to go operational with some teams. And I did about 40 UN-sanctioned missions at sea in the arena of VBSS and non-compliant VBSS, which is our visit, board, search, and seizure. So just imagine the Steven Seagal movies of taking down a ship with a team. It was it was super geeky, super cool, <laughs> a lot of fun, right? Uh-huh. Um, and, and many times I kind of had to pinch myself, like, am, am I in a movie? Because this is awesome. <laughs> and that positioned me really well when I got out to teach uh, weapons and tactics at the Center for Anti-Terrorism. Mm-hmm. And so I was an instructor for a few years out there while I fixed and flipped some real estate, finished my undergrad, eventually moving back to Denver, which was home for me. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a southeast Denver kid. Uh, went to Thomas Jefferson High School, and, uh-huh. you know, this is home for me. I, we always joke I had to go around the world twice just to come back to where I started. <laughs> so. so this is really a labor of love for you uh, with the uh, uh, Veterans uh, Passport to Hope. 
Yeah, so I got involved in VP2H, and it's so funny because I was in between my deployments. Uh, I had I had two tours, and I'm sitting in Hawaii, of course, drinking beer because that's what sailors do, uh-huh. right? Yeah. And I literally bumped shoulders with a guy, and when we turned around, I was like, Connor? And Connor said, Joey? And this is a kid that grew up in southeast Denver with me in the middle of Hawaii. <laughs> I was like, Connor, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I, I fly uh, helicopters for the Marine Corps. What do you do? I'm like, I'm on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, we we instantly reconnected. He was two years older than me. He was in my sister's class. And we, we had done this uh, – this number through our military careers and childhood where we'd see each other, not see each other, see each other, not see each other. So years later in 2013, a year after the the organization was founded, he called me and said, hey, you're pretty good at networking and you're a veteran and you like this stuff. Would you like to get involved? And I said, absolutely. I can just say from you know my personal side of this, I have an amazing family and I had tremendous support and I had um, a good education and I think I did it right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I still struggled. Mm-hmm. I struggled just like everyone else did, transitioning from op tempo to no expectations. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares what you do in the civilian world day yeah. to day, what time you wake up, if you made your bed, mm-hmm. tuck your shirt in or not. And so there was this kind of knee jerk uh, for me when it all became real. Yeah. And I had all the support and I still needed help. So it's just one of those things where I love the idea of being a function of hope in somebody else's life that, hey, I've kind of been there, maybe not to the same degree, but let me help if I can, right? And there's two kinds of veterans, right? There's those who are looking for a handout and those who are looking for a hand up. We like to focus on those with a hand up, right? Veterans Passport to Hope. This is an organization that you should support and uh, you should uh, plan on marking the calendar for February 22nd. Uh, the time and the place uh, of that, Joey? Again, it's uh, 2-22-18 at the Cable Center in Denver from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. Parking will be available on site, and tickets are on sale at vp2h.org, and that, too, is in number two, so vp2h.org. Boy, this is this is really good. Uh, by the way, the Cable Center, that's uh, at uh, uh, Denver University, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Super so. cool, very technologically wired. Yeah. Yes. Right. Uh, I'd like to stay in contact with you and just uh, continue to converse now and then here on the program. I would love that very much. Thank we, you. We would, too. This, uh, this is a, a clearinghouse. This is a house that... Uh, validates the credentials of organizations. If you get uh, calls, as we all do, to support this cause or that cause, many of which are veterans, how do you know who you're dealing with? Well, uh, Veterans Prospect to Hope knows, and uh, you can feel safe when your funds go and are channeled through the work of Veterans Prospect to Hope. Thank you, Joey, for being with us. Thank you, sir. I appreciate your time. Speaking with Joe Lovett. From Veterans Passport to Hope, the website, VP, the number 2H, VP2H.org. I'm Tom Moeller, and this has been Colorado Issues.